Hey, what's going on, everybody? Thank you so much for tuning in to the Zoe Church Podcast. We are so excited that you've joined us today. You're going to hear an encouraging message in just a moment. Do you know why part four with the great Nate Dumlau, part of our staff, he's going to be bringing the message this week. But I want to thank everybody who subscribes, comments, posts, shares about our podcast. It means the world to myself and to our team here in Los Angeles. And by the way, if you are ever stopping by L.A. to see Mickey and Minnie or whatever reason brings you to L.A., stop by Zoe Church and say hello. But with no further ado, we're going to jump into this week's message. We pray it brings great strength and great encouragement to you. Nate Dumlau, one of our staff members, a big part of our creative team is bringing a phenomenal message. Part four, do you know why? Let's go. Okay, Mark chapter 11, verse 22, it says, Have faith in God, Jesus answered. Truly I tell you, if anyone says to this mountain, Go, throw yourself into the sea, and does not doubt in their heart, but believes that, they, that what they say will happen, it will be done for them. Verse 24, therefore I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. And everyone said, amen. Amen. Okay, verse 25, and when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive them so that your Father in heaven may forgive you your sins. Now, I think this is so interesting as we read this scripture. It starts with the miraculous, but at the end it says, hey, just a heads up. If you want to say to this mountain to be thrown in the ocean, there's one thing that you need to do as you're praying. You need to make sure you don't have unforgiveness in your heart. If you want your prayers to be heard, if you want miracles in your life, it actually starts with forgiveness, not faith. It starts with forgiveness, not hope. Look, you can have all the faith in the world. You can go to all the connect groups. You can give the biggest toys to Giving Hope. You can show up and give and serve at a Thanksgiving drive. You can do all the things, but if you don't have forgiveness, really it's all for naught. Before we get to why forgiveness, let's talk about what forgiveness is. Or let's go like this. What forgiveness isn't. Forgiveness isn't a sorry. Like that's what my kids do, right? Like my, my two-year-old will hit my five-year-old or my five-year-old, uh, more accurately, will hit my two-year-old. And so the two-year-old's crying and I tell the five-year-old, okay, you need to go say sorry. And what's he do? He says he's sorry, but we all know he doesn't mean it. Where all the spouses in the room said amen, right? It's like... We just, it's an apology. It's, it's a formality. Forgiveness isn't a formality. Forgiveness is a choice. Watch this. Forgiveness isn't forgetfulness. See, ignorance is bliss, but forgiveness brings blessing. Please understand, we're not here to tell you you should forget the offense that's happened to you. You should forget the thing that occurred. You should forget what was said. I'm not, please understand, I'm not saying you should just put it underneath the rug and to shy it away. But the Bible explains like this, forgiveness is knowing the sin but not counting it against you. And isn't this how good God is? God looks at the sin that we've committed, the mistake that we've made. Let me just say this, sin, we use that word all the time in church. What is sin? Sin is just missing the mark. Sin is just coming up short. Sin is just making the wrong decision. Sin is just your mind going sideways. Sin is just making a decision that's regretful. Sin is just not honoring God. I don't know about you, but I live a life where every day I fall short. Every day I make mistakes. Every day I mess up, especially the days where I don't get coffee first thing. 
to my, you know, my, my kids. I, I just feel bad for them that I didn't get the coffee. It's, it's a rough way out to school. But forgiveness isn't just forgetting it. It's seeing the sin. It's seeing the obstacle. It's seeing the offense and choosing to overcome the offense. I always thought it was interesting. What, how does it say? Uh, don't burn the bridge. Forgiveness, when you live a life of forgiveness, they might burn their side of the bridge, but forgiveness leaves the bridge stable on your side. Because you never know. You just never know what, what moment in life, how many years later, all of a sudden the relationship comes full circle, and you're still standing on your side of the bridge saying, I've got forgiveness. I'm here open-handed. I'm ready to give you a hug. I'm ready to receive you. Can I encourage you? God is here saying, I, my arms are open for you. You might have walked in this place saying, like, okay. I'm going to test God today because I've done some things that there's no way he would ever forgive. And you might have burnt your half of the bridge, but you can't influence the shore that Jesus stands on. His bridge is always there. He's always waiting. He's always hand outstretched. And so today, if you have your Bibles or if you're taking notes, you can write down the title. Do you know why forgiveness matters? Do you know why forgiveness matters? matters. And um, let's pray and then we'll continue on. Father, we thank you so much that forgiveness isn't something that you've asked asked us to do, but you haven't done yourself. So God, we thank you that today your forgiveness is outstretched. It's poured out on us. Lord, we even right now in Jesus' name, God, we ask that you teach us, that you give us insight, that you'd encourage us, inspire us how to live a life of forgiveness in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen and amen. Real quick, a scientific church poll. If I can just get a raise of hands, how many of you have ever done something worthy or needing of forgiveness? If your hand isn't raised, you can raise it now because you're a liar and you need to be forgiven for your sin. Yeah, yeah, like me, I have over and over done things. You know, I used to live a life where, uh, what's the saying? Um, Ask for, it's better to ask for forgiveness than for permission. Have it tattooed. Just over here. It's not a six-pack, but it's over in one day. Yeah, it'll be great. But I used to be a troublemaker growing up. You know, like before Jesus, okay, before once Jesus came, I was perfect. You know, it was amazing. But before Jesus, you know, I just, I was a troublemaker, okay? And it started small, and it got kind of crazy. You know, it started with water balloons, and I would drive by, baptize people, and it was great. And then eventually, you know, it moved to toilet paper, right? And we just started to decorate it, you know, people's houses, and you know, winter one, it was just beautiful. But eventually, like, we found out that one of our friends had a Costco membership, which looking back, you're like 15 years old. Like, why does a 15-year-old have a Costco membership? It's just weird. I don't know. It's strange. It's very mature of him at the time, but looking back, it's kind of weird. And Costco, they sell, um, you know, everything's in bulk, and so it's not a dozen eggs, not a baker's dozen. They sell 90 eggs, right? And, um, you, know, I, I, you know, omelets and stuff, that's cool, but we thought... These are these have great throwing utility, and so you know we purchased the eggs, and I'm sure the the cashier is looking at us like, I should not be selling you these. <laughs> and look, okay, I never I I had never threw the egg, but I was the driver. Okay, Kia Sedona minivan, 16 years old, ball out, V6, what? Great system, really great system. It was it was, it was amazing. But I remember our friends, we loaded up in the van, you know, opened the, the slider, closed it, got, you know, loaded it up. We had the eggs in the back, and we're going to this person's house, this girl's house. You know, we just, again, we want to help decorate. It was, was going to be great. We're troublemakers. And 
We get there. It's like 2 in the morning. We open the slider. The first egg goes to get thrown. Um, again, I didn't throw it. I would never do this. The first egg doesn't get out. doesn't even get out of the van. It hits the inside of the door. It's just chaos, okay? It's just, it's just wild. Nonetheless, we keep on, you know, it's going crazy. It's very loud, 2 o'clock in the morning. Well, all of a sudden we hear from the window, Nate, I see you. I'm calling your mom. I'm like, let's go get in the car. We got to go right now. I'm like Tokyo drifting the four blocks back to my house. And how many of you know it's way better for you to tell on yourself to your parents than for your parents to find out? And so I remember getting home and, you know, getting, open up the slider. Everyone's getting out. And I go inside. It's 2 o'clock in the morning. I shake my mom awake. And she's like, what happened? Are you okay? Are you, di- are you dying? What's wrong? And I, I, I tell my mom at 2 o'clock in the morning. She says, okay, well, did you have fun? What a great mom. <laughs> Shout out to Karen. Yes, her name's Karen. Okay. She's the exception, not the rule. Okay. Love Karen. Love her. (laughs) She said, did you have fun? I said, yeah, I had the best time. It was actually amazing. Adrenaline through the roof. And she said, well, okay, now tomorrow you need to wake up and you need to go ask for forgiveness and figure out how to make it right. And I remember getting up, you know, going in the van the next morning, showing up at the house. And how many of you know forgiveness is so much easier said than done? Right? It's one thing to ask for forgiveness. It's a whole different thing to extend forgiveness. But this is why forgiveness matters. Forgiveness matters because it's God's model for relationship. Forgiveness matters because this is how God chose to model relationship for us. Go ahead and turn Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3 says, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Verse 13, bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. In other words, forgiveness is not something we do out of obligation. Forgiveness is something we do out of imitation. Forgiveness is this thing because we've been forgiven of so much, we are able to forgive so much. I love going back to Colossians. It says, therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved. You have to first understand, you will never realize you're chosen or loved until you've realized you've been forgiven. Because if you can't experience forgiveness, you'll never realize God's open hand of grace for your life. See, forgiveness matters because it's God's model. And he could have chosen any model, couldn't he? I mean, we choose different models. Dear God, we choose one that you swipe for for a relationship or you slide DMs, relationships. I don't know. I thought that would go better, but it didn't. I don't know about you, there's been times in my life where I've been insecure in relationship and so I've tried to compensate by trying to earn someone's relationship. Like I don't know, there's been times where I thought, okay, maybe if I just gift this person this thing, if I just show up with a coffee for them, if I just go out of my way to give to this person, then maybe it'll convince them that I'm kind enough 
to be in a relationship, a friendship with me. I don't know about you, if there's been a time in your life where you felt so insecure that you've been like, maybe if I get to a certain status, maybe if I reach a certain level of fame, notoriety, if I get the followers, then people will want to have relationship with me because of the status that I have. Uh, what if you've done this? Maybe you've been someone who just goes out of your way to serve even to the point where it's unhealthy. What is that called? People-pleasing? Isn't this so easy where you just say, okay, I'm, gonna, I'm never going to take care of myself. I'm only going to take care of others. And even when I'm unhealthy, I'll still care for you before myself because I'm insecure in a relationship. I'm going to use this service as a thing that tries to earn relationship. See, God could have used any one of those things to try to convince us that a relationship with him was something to be worthy of had, having. But look, if God would have provided everything you were praying for, you would have fallen more in love with the provision than the provider. If, you, if God would have given you the fame that you prayed for, you would have fallen in love with the platform, not the perfecter of our faith. Come on, if God gave you every miracle you prayed for, you'd fall in love with the power of God and not the person of Jesus. Forgiveness costs nothing on the outside of you, but costs everything on the inside of you. That's why God could have given you the world, but instead he gave you himself. Because everything else you can give and you can do and you can say, but unless there's a heart tied to the end of it, it will have no power. So God says, in order to restore relationship with you, I'm not going to give you this, I'm not going to serve you like that, but... First, what I'm going to do is forgive you. Isn't forgiveness terrifying? Just the vulnerability it takes? Forgiveness is this thing where you feel justified not to forgive, but you choose to do it anyways. Let me just encourage you. I'm not saying that God wants you to forgive and not experience miracles. I'm saying that God wants you to forgive so you can experience miracles. I wonder what miracle is on the other side of your forgiveness. I wonder what breakthrough. I wonder what healing. I wonder what voice. I wonder what moment God has for you on the other side of making that call, of sending that text message, of having that conversation on the other side of forgiveness. See, I think God wants to provide for you so you can be an example of his honor and his glory. I think God wants to give you a voice so you can speak on his behalf. I think God wants to break some addictions so you can live a life of wholeness and fullness. I think God wants to spark revival in Los Angeles and around the world, but it starts inside before it goes outside. See, point number two, forgiveness matters because forgiveness brings freedom. Forgiveness matters because it brings freedom. I don't know if you've ever been in a place in your life where you've been in an argument with someone and you've been made a fool of. Now, I, this is my greatest trait, and my wife is say my worst. I love to argue. Any, uh, any arguers here? Yeah, any debaters? Yep. I can't help it, okay? I, it's, yeah, God made me to challenge people, okay? No, I just, that's, that's, that's an excuse, but I love to argue with people. And what I've experienced is that there's all different types of arguers, okay? Let me just highlight a few for you. The first one, the emotional arguer. Oh, 
All the emotional people, oh, wow. I felt that. I felt that. Jeez, oh, I felt that. Right, the emotional arguer, it's like it doesn't matter what the facts are. It doesn't matter what anything else says. Like how they feel is their truth. They're going to argue from a feeling. They're going to argue from an emotion. They might not have the best way to articulate their argument, but they'll still be loud, right? And I love that for you. That's awesome. That's so cool. Uh, emotions towards you, that's awesome. And then you have, uh, you have the type of arguer who they don't care about being right. They just want you to be wrong. Whoops, that's me. <laughs> like I'll argue with someone and I'll just, you know, maybe I'll pick apart their argument and then realize at the end, like I never said anything of substance at all. My wife loves to point this out. Like you actually didn't say anything. You just made their argument wrong. And then there's this guy. Um, this is, you know, he doesn't care about being right or wrong. He just wants, you know, the, the truth. And so I call him the Google guy. Everyone say Google guy five times fast. Kidding. Kidding. <laughs> People, you're googly. Um, <laughs> the Google guy, right? It's like you say something. This is, I'll say a statistic, you know. Uh, uh, caf, uh, decaf, caf, decaf coffee has uh, 4% caffeine still. And they go, oh, really? Let's Google that. Hey, how about you put your phone away right now? Oh, is that an Android? And I just like pick apart, you know. <laughs> It's like, Nate, you just sound like a horrible person. That's all you're doing. Okay, you're digging yourself a little bit deeper. Isn't it interesting today that we are willing to dig ourselves deeper into a position that we don't even believe in in order just not to be wrong? This is the world we live in. We would rather convince everyone else that we were right and live with being wrong in our hearts the whole time. This is what forgiveness does, or unforgiveness does. Unforgiveness convinces you that you are living in the right when the entire time you're in the wrong position. Unforgiveness is this thing that if you're not careful, you'll begin to build up walls of protection only to realize you just built the walls of a prison cell and now you're the inmate and not them. Unforgiveness is this thing where it's, you feel like you're holding them hostage for what they did for you, but the whole time you're holding yourself hostage because bitterness never wins. Unforgiveness never wins. Holding grudges never wins. If you're not careful, if you're not careful, the Bible says, well, Hebrews chapter 12. I think this is so interesting. I used to think unforgiveness and bitterness were one and the same, but they're not. Unforgiveness produces a seed called bitterness. Hebrews chapter 12. See to it that no one falls short of the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and to defile many. See to it that no one falls short of the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble. I don't know if you've ever held a grudge before. It's easy for me to hold a grudge against someone. It's easy for me not to have forgiveness in my life. A few things. Number one, I'm, I'm very competitive, and so I take things really personal. If you're better than me, if you present yourself as higher than me, it's easy for my insecurity to go right away into holding a grudge against you. Or, or 
inventing an offense that you've made or maybe taking a sleight of hand comment or maybe what was a genuine compliment I think is a slight. It's easy for me to take it that way. And that's what unforgiveness does. It produces bitterness and bitterness a root that goes into every category of your life. So now one offense you experience with one person becomes the offense you experience with every person. One offense you experience at one place becomes the offense that you experience everywhere. And bitterness, unforgiveness just becomes the lens in which you see all of life with. It's a, it's a scary place to be when all of a sudden you realize the only common denominator between offense and you is you. But isn't it so easy to point fingers everywhere else? See, unforgiveness, it puts you in a prison cell, but it leaves the door open for you to walk out of any time you choose. And I believe that today, by the power of the Holy Spirit, God wants to encourage you to walk out of this place called unforgiveness. Walk out and pick out that root of bitterness and walk into wholeness a whole life of forgiveness in Jesus' name. Write down this last point. I'll go ahead and invite the band, band back up. But point number three, forgiveness matters because we can do something about it. Forgiveness matters because we can do something about it. And uh, let me just say this. There's a lot of things that God's going to call you to and promise you and give you dreams and a hope. And he'll ask you to wait because you could never achieve on your own what God has for you. In fact, if, if you were to take a moment today and write down your wildest dreams, if you were to take a moment and think of the greatest things, the greatest visions that you could think of, they would fall short in comparison to what God's actual plan for you is. See, there's things in your life that God's going to call you to and he's going to say, wait because if we're just being honest, only God can do those things. See, but forgiveness isn't one of those things. Forgiveness is one of those things that God calls us to, that we don't have to pray and fast for. We can just choose forgiveness today. My son, uh, River, he's going to turn five next week. It's a big milestone. Made it all the way five. It's a big deal. And... Uh, you know, we're working on things, working on his character, working on his language. We're working on his mentality. You know, we say, oh, I'll, I'll get the boys together. Our two-year-old, he has no idea what we're saying, but he does the hand motions, and so it's really cute. And our five-year-olds, I say, what are doomlaus? He says, doomlaus are strong, doomlaus are smart, doomlaus are kind, doomlaus are loving. Okay, say it again. Doomlaus are strong, smart, we're kind, we're loving. So, okay, today let's choose to be strong when we want to be weak. Let's choose today to be kind and choose to be loving today. We begin to work on things. Every day uh, as my wife takes our, my son to school, they put on the, you know, the spirit of God, the armor of God, the spirit of God. We'll, tell you, we'll put that on too, yeah. Put on the armor of God, the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, you know, the belt of truth. They go through the fruit of the spirit. It's the only fruit he uh, will enjoy. But we're just trying to work on some things. And one thing that we're trying to work on is uh, we're trying to convince him to work on the things that he can actually work on. Okay, River, um, he comes and tells me, Dad, I'm hungry. Okay, that's awesome. That's cool. You know, you have feet. 
God also gave you hands with thumbs as appendages. You can grab the handle of the refrigerator door, grab a snack for yourself. Let's work on the things that we can work on. Hey, Dad, Grayson just came up and hit me. Okay, that's awesome. You can work, you can take a step back so he won't hit you, or you can hit him back. Choices. I'll let you choose. Independent like that. Isn't it so good that God doesn't just give us his spirit, and he doesn't just give us his Bible and say, okay, here's all the stuff in there. This is the way I want your life to look and your life to feel and for your experiences to be like this. But you can't affect any of it. Just smile and just wait for it to happen. No, God actually gives us the ability to affect the life that we live. God actually gives us the ability to forgive our transgressors. He gives us the ability to forgive those who've offended us. God doesn't just say, hey, wait for it. You can actually make the choice right now. But you'll never forgive someone else until you've first forgiven. You know, if, if you took a moment and you took out a journal, you took out your notes on your phone, you could probably write a list of all the people that have offended you. This person said this to me. This person did this. This person abused me. This person betrayed me. This person said this. This thing happened to me. They were supposed to be my best friend. They were supposed to be my family. They were supposed to do this, and they never came through. You could probably write a list that goes on of all the people that have slighted you, of all the people that have hurt you. But most of us will leave off the most important name on that list. You would leave your own name off that list. I don't know about you, but for me, I have to remember every day, the first person I need to forgive is myself. I got to remember every day I fall short. And I'm not just saying that in a lofty way. To go like, oh yeah, you know, I'm a, I'm a bad guy because the Bible says, I, you know, I need Jesus. Every day I lose my temper. Every day I could treat my wife better. Every day there's moments I can step up in the middle of and make a difference and I choose not to. Every single day I make a decision that falls short of God's grace for my life. I wonder how many times I held myself hostage when God had released me in forgiveness. I wonder how many times I peered through bars in a prison cell looking at all the freedom and joy and peace and comfort that other people were experiencing because I hadn't forgiven myself first. I wonder what breakthrough is on the other side of you forgiving yourself. I wonder what type of life you could live with the weight of your unforgiveness off of your back. You know, I remember the first time I I said yes to Jesus. My whole life changed because I realized in that moment I don't have to hold those things that held me down any longer. When I said yes to Jesus was the first moment I received his forgiveness and I forgave myself. And it's like taking a big old breath of fresh air 
It's like wind in your sails. It's like I can live a whole new life. It's like all of a sudden everything was black and white. And now that I've experienced forgiveness, everything is in color. Like this was the life I could be living the entire time. All I had to do was forgive. Because with the miraculous is always partnered forgiveness. Maybe you're here and you're like, how in the world do I forgive? That's cool. It's cool philosophy you got going on. That's a cool word, forgiveness. But how am I supposed to do this? Let me give you three really just really fast ways. They're so practical. Number one, confess it to God right now. Please don't like yell it out. Dear Lord. Come on. Isn't it so good? God knows your innermost thoughts. Just right here in this moment. God, I have unforgiveness in my heart. I need to give to you right now. I, I forgive myself. I forgive those who've trespassed against me. I love it's even in the Lord's prayer. The second thing is later on today, find someone that you trust, that you care about, that you know has your back, and confess to them, hey, I've been holding this unforgiveness in my heart. I need to confess to you. Watch. Confession is so good. It's not that your confession will save you. It's that your confession will heal you. Like you... Jesus has already forgiven you, but when you confess to another person, all of a sudden you can walk in healing. It's like, whoa, I just had to say it out loud and, oh, it didn't have as much power as I thought it did. And the last thing is this. Confess it to the Lord. Confess it to someone else. And this is so, so simple. Tomorrow morning when you wake up, wake up to realize you're in a miracle. The Bible says that God's mercy for us is new every single morning. Really, that's just a Bible way to say that God still forgives you. God forgives you right now. God forgives you tomorrow. God forgives you the next day. God forgives you the day after that. Every single morning you get to wake up and you get to choose to be forgiven and you get to choose to forgive. Amen. Come on, everyone, go ahead and stand to your feet. Go ahead and join me to your feet. And maybe you're here and today.